Namaste. So we come to the Yoga of Divine Love, which is the shortest part of the synthesis of yoga apart from the introduction. So introduction is roughly about 50 pages. This is about uh, 58-59 pages. But the yoga of uh, divine works, 250 yoga of integral knowledge, another 250. So those who judge by the numbers may, <laughs> may be uh, disappointed because Shribhita speaks of bhakti as the crown. So meaning thereby that... Um, all else seems like a base which is preparing itself for the crown. And in one of his letters he says that you may do uh, a physical yoga, have astounding uh, capacities and control over the body, illuminations in the mind, uh, surprising siddhis and feats in the vital. But if you have not become a child newborn to the mother, then this yoga cannot be done. In fact, he goes to that extent and if we look at the drift of Shurabindo's writings, and this I want to emphasize because very often when I hear many of these talks, seminars, and it is presented as if it's all about the mind, the intellect. Uh, Shabindu is, of course, um, not easy, <laughs> but I think we have made him even more difficult by emphasis so much on you know the mind approach and stilling the mind and silencing the mind. All these are parts of yoga, without a doubt, and. This is an integral yoga, so everything is required. But the core of yoga is bhakti because Shabindra speaks of this yoga beginning with the surrender to the Divine Mother, proceeding through an increasing, progressive, detailed surrender to the Divine Mother and culminating in a complete surrender to the Divine Mother. So this is the way the yoga runs deep within. So when we speak about love, it immediately means that it is forming a relation with the divine. This is something very beautiful about it. Many people don't realize that when we speak about knowledge, it is something like aspiring toward the self by our own efforts. Yes, the self acts, the divine self acts, but largely there is a focus on one's own effort. And usually it ends in an impersonal universality. That's why those who take that approach of the mind, they normally end up with uh, there is no way we can form a relation with him. He is just that absolute and I have become that absolute, shivoham, shivoham, etc., etc. Then the yoga of divine works takes that divine is not just an abstract, impersonal universality, a silent Brahman, but he is dynamically participating in the world play. In fact, it is his will that is pushing the world play. So from this understanding or this experience comes the yoga of divine works. So there we have to align ourselves more and more to the divine will. So yoga of knowledge takes hold of the mind, the idea, the power of the idea by meditating upon the idea, by reflecting upon the idea. The idea releases its contents, the truth that is behind it. Whereas the yoga of divine works take, uh, takes its stance on the divine as the doer of all works. as He is the one who is behind this manifold play and to connect with him by doing his work in the world, by becoming an instrument, a channel and finally through that process dynamically identifying with the divine will and the divine Leela. But divine love is uh, something which uh, as Shubhinda says you cannot even put it in a strictly standard format. It's love. So love implies three things. One is the one who loves. Uh, 
the other is the one who is loved and the third is the path of love so what is love seeking love seeks ultimately the joy of union the intensity of union and the eternity of union that's why human love has this flaw love is same they know not human love divine love there is only one love so that's why he names it as yoga of divine love but in human beings it becomes human love gets distorted limited but its seeking is the same because it is ultimately it has only one source so here also in the human play it seeks intensity and eternity of union now in human love you can have an intensity of union or not eternity and not eternity both are very difficult to maintain but in the divine love loving the divine it's possible to have an intensity and how the divine create that intensity by an ever progressive disclosure you feel you have joined him and he draws you still further still further still deeper and then that embrace even there the 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 one who loves the divine enjoys sometimes that slight difference keeps it up for the joy of the play and the joy of bhakti so it is one of the most powerful shrivindra says one of the most powerful straight direct path and this opens to the heart and the emotions so but to still uh, understand it as a path or take it as a path first thing to understand is that everybody who is religious generally is a bhakta bhakti is a path which has taken a religious form with so many cult symbols rituals associated with it it starts like that and as the gita says shobindo confirms that there are different motives even of love so according to the gita there are two lower motives and if a devotee has these two lower motives he is not yet into the yoga of divine love and there are two higher motives out of which there is only one which qualifies strictly as the yoga of divine love so the two lower motives are arth and artharthi in a time of distress people ask divine help and it's a valid thing it has its own place it springs from desire in a state of distress and the other is artharthi we go and ask several things from the divine worldly goods and the divine accepts this bhakti people often ask why won't he because this way the real trick is when we start connecting like that a time comes when we start loving the one who is giving us the giver of all boons but these are lower forms of bhakti and they do not really qualify for the yoga they are the bhakti of a devotee and anybody in the world can seek this help even a non believer it doesn't really matter who in distress calls the divine divine may well um, grant he may come and intervene but there are two higher motives and the third is seeker of the divine which is a higher motive where he wants to know about the divine why he wants to know the divine he wants to serve the divine he may want to just understand what divine nature is about and the highest motive is he who loves the divine as a knower of the divine so he has no doubts he has sought the divine to an extent he has found the divine and now he loves him because he is so lovable Shubhendra says at one point about Krishna. Um, Krishna is lovable. I mean, you just can't help it. So that is a unique part about Krishna. The other day we were talking about Rama and Krishna. Rama is adorable, admirable, but Krishna is lovable. You 
doesn't matter he breaks the frames breaks the rules if ever he had any but he just lovable whereas with rama you admire him but you know that it's not easy to follow him and yet you admire and adore him so in bhakti also it starts with adoration or even before that some kind of admiration like a person admires oh shurbindo he has written so many books and so wonderful so it can start with admiration which is perfectly fine then it changes into adoration the moment it changes into adoration then something like a bhakti starts so in adoration you just wonder about the greatness and the glory of the divine so when mother was asked about uh, who is the divine one of her definitions out of many was the divine is what you adore in shirobindo so it's a very beautiful simple definition so it can start with adoration but this adoration must further graduate into consecration adoration is when i go to a temple or gurudwara or or some place and or or in in a church i simply adore his qualities attributes and sing a stroth but then when i come back come to my life my life is colored by my ego so adoration must graduate into consecration so consecration means now my life it's not enough that i have gone there and had some contact or adored him i must live my life according to what the divine wants me to be and therefore i start consecrating my work so the yoga of love starts changing into the yoga of divine works and both of them eventually end up with the grand disclosure of the the divine in terms of his knowledge knowledge of the divine so often i have used this comparison and if we approach the divine through the door of knowledge he takes us into his study room and we may stop there but if we want to know more you know always there are professors whom you if you ask questions you will say now you are going outside the syllabus but i'll teach you this come to my home and i'll tell you a more secret i'll teach you privately because it cannot be done with all these people so through knowledge also we can enter deeper and deeper but we start from the study room of the divine through works the entry itself is very grand so he, you tell that well i want to serve you so the divine says okay this is in the kitchen this is here that work so you slowly start taking hold of all the works and by works you come to know the master and his likes and dislikes so you may not read a book or discuss the book but you now know who the master is what the master wants does not want how he thinks how he operates so you get that knowledge but when you love the divine he takes you straight into his secret sanctum sanctorum makes you lie on his bed if i may say so and says i am going to tell you my secret dreams because you want to mingle with him merge with him and when you know all his secret dreams obviously you know about him and obviously you serve him because rightly because now you know what the divine wants of you so these three different paths are essentially one also human nature is not just one stranded so shirbindo describes all this in the very first chapter we'll see love and the triple path and then when it speaks about motives the there is a whole hierarchy the lowest motive which is very crude is fear khuda se daro fear of god now fear means uh, there is a great distance you know you don't want to meet people whom you fear if you if you see somebody whom you are afraid of what is the natural tendency to go away from him 
but here you can't escape him because he's everywhere <laughs> so you are afraid and you try little bit to regulate your uh, because he should not punish you but this is a very crude lowest motive still it is acceptable then after fear comes favor he is an omnipotent power and if i ask him something he is the ultimate boss so he can give me favor and very often people try to bargain give certain things and get certain things in result or reward divine may or may not accept but this is again a very inferior populist notion of uh, bhakti they don't really qualify for bhakti but it's okay divine accept this kind of relation then from fear and favor comes a third relation which is the divine as the legislator so in my life you have lot of suffering and you you want him that you know so and so has done this with me so and so has done that with me i have done good but i haven't received my due so you look upon him as a judge who rendered justice and that is a third degree or third level of relation fourth degree level of relation is where you conceive him as the dispenser of law there is a law and you must live according to that because that's the law that he has given and because you love him love means some kind of love okay you want to be obedient you want to be his servant or you want to do according to what he wants us to do so this is the fourth kind of relation but then slowly it enters into a mainstream of bhakti where all relations begin to get turned toward the divine so he becomes the father and you know like father you know that well i i belong to his i'm his so it gives a tremendous support within you know suryavanshi rajkumar i'm suryavanshi you know <laughs> i am children of surya so you dare not touch me because whatever i may do or may not do don't forget that we are from the sun solar dynasty <laughs> so suryavanshi the supramental so this way this idea even if you think for a moment i belong to the clan of shorbindo his kul right big brings a totally different dimension altogether or the divine is mother now here of course we have the divine mother but like krishna what is the mother respect in krishna i will look after you yoga kshem bahamyam so you do you carry on with your life but divine is for you the mother she is a provider of all needs takes care of all that you need i i mean i i must share a little story here i i know of a person whose daughter was psychologically totally deranged i mean schizophrenia and um, i was the one who was taking care i mean i i came at some point in contact and they wanted to know can she get married and i said see it's never advisable because who will first of all marry i mean very ordinary people in terms of money extraordinary as a human being devotees of the mother and shurbindo the man but his wife was a devotee of krishna so uh, now he said i said see even if somebody marries within few days he'll come to know because she has to take the pills and all then one day i got a card that she is getting married and all i was very happy and how this happened so one day his wife was in great distress and he was also in great distress that after we who will look after this daughter because there is no brother nobody no family member will look after so they were in great distress and his wife says to shri krishna i don't know i have loved you you are her mama like that i have treated you like my brother 
and tied Rakhi to you, which he had done. This is one of the customs. And you are her mama. So, as mama, maternal uncle, you are supposed to make sure that she gets wedded. Because this is the custom. In the northern part of India, mama comes and does the uh, goat bharai. He says, you have to do this. I don't know. I can't do anything. Within 15 days, out of the blue, somebody approaches. And they get married. They have child. And very well, doing very well. It's one of those miraculous stories among many, many of our own lives, of course. But which is beyond any comprehension. So, that's one kind of approach as father and mother. He'll provide, she will provide for our needs. For every distress, we'll go to her. At one place, uh, Shobindu says that um, the Divine Mother wants... The child's soul goes in all difficulties to the Divine Mother and the Divine Mother wants it to be so because she can pour her heart of love upon the child. See, this is something which people don't understand. <laughs> Just as an aside. People think love is about wanting. But I know of people who feel stifled because they can't give. Because they want to give. And if they cannot pour the love, something feels stifled inside because love is fulfilled by giving. So it's a... Um, so Divine Mother wants to pour the love And if we are not ready to receive If we have closed our doors We are living by the ego Then really speaking you cannot uh, Enter into that So she wants that for everything we go to her And tell her Mama this is my problem Write a diary whatever way So there are hundred ways of relating with her As the Divine Mother So this one she may even uh, You see mothers can scold you But at the end of the day she always protects you She may scold you even give a slap but if somebody else comes, like Parvati, she will stand safeguard and say, even if gods are there, you don't touch. He's my child. This mothers will do. Fathers will ask, did you really do something wrong? Did you do something illegal? <laughs> All these things. But mothers have this instinct. So, as the mother, then he becomes also the friend. So, who is a friend? He is a confidant. You tell him everything. Your dreams, your problems, your difficulties. It doesn't matter. We may... As a friend, he never judges us. He will always find a way to rescue us. Not that he will encourage our, uh, you know, if there is an evil propensity. But he will always listen, not judge. He will not condemn. He will help us through life. That's what a friend do. Or we can relate him as a leader of the march, human march. And fight under his banner. And so much so that Indian Bhakti has even created an idea... Of Vairabhav. So Vairabhav is where you are angry with the divine. Like Charu Chandra Datta says, I don't want to talk to Shirobindo. Chief has just abandoned us, gone away. And one of those examples, Shirobindo says in one of his aphorisms with regard to Ravana. He says, outwardly Rama was, uh, Ravana was wrestling with Rama, challenging him, etc., etc. But his soul secretly wanted to go back to that space from where he had fallen. Of course, he doesn't say Vairabhav is the best form of bhakti. But this is the all kinds of relations that we experience in humanity. That relation we can experience with God and to much more perfection. I mean, I'm sure everybody who has taken that route knows what it means. But the greatest of all relations, he says, is of the lover and the beloved. So as I think earlier I mentioned about it, so there comes a catch. At least I used to experience this dilemma. Now, what is beloved? So, beloved, I realize that beloved is the one from whom you hide nothing. 
and whatever you may think with the world this person is relating with this or relating with that as he says in one of his uh, aphorism to commit adultery with god this world was perfectly created and he says that we owe to the world uh, you know something by way of duty but secretly we love only the divine beloved so this is what beloved means ki whatever it be people may think you would love this person that person it's not that you people think there is a kind of love and relationship but deep inside your love your allegiance your faithfulness goes to the divine mother so all these manifold relations start ultimately culminating only in a single aspiration for union with the divine the joy of belonging to the divine the joy of living for the divine and the joy of just being one with the divine and then uh, in this process there are some ways and means which come very naturally in in the yoga so one of them is prayer now prayer is uniquely in the yoga bhakti and should be the says people very intellectual people they think it is sentimentality or they doubt its efficacy but it's not about it being efficacious or not so in prayer there are two approaches one approach is that well you have prayed and uh, he will grant it's almost like mechanical which is what is called as going to a place where you are supposed to get your bones but this is a inferior relation why because you have turned divine into a very mechanical machinery he is like blindly he is dispensing you like tirupati you go you have done this and he will give you now this is not how we should relate with the divine but like a living being what happens with a living being if i ask the person may refuse if he thinks it's better to refuse so that's where there is trust confidence that if he has refused he knows what is best for me so shubhendu says that prayer may start from this lower uh, approach where the divine is supposed to give you whatever you ask but it must change into that higher mode where he may or may not give but still you continue to love him because your love is not based on this bargaining and the highest prayer is as we see in the mother's prayer in meditation which are only about giving oneself more and more so he says prayer is a very powerful method and slowly it begins to change later on into aspiration longing and when it changes into aspiration longing faith then prayer is no more required you may continue with it but it's no more needed because now it has changed into longing what are you going to pray to the divine you long to be one with him so that's how he says that there are this is one path and then he says that there are several stages in this progression of um, the yoga of divine love and there he draws from the typical uh, bhakti yoga standard approaches and he starts from there and takes it to completely another level which we'll read so in the standard books uh, first of all there are bhaktas who are supposed to experience moments of union separation viraha the joy of union and that is something like when we are away you feel like you are experiencing some kind of viraha you want to be in pondicherry you want to be near the samadhi you see there is viraha it's not taken viraha in that form but there is a kind of longing then you come then there are moments when you feel very good when you are there and there are moments when you feel disconnected so there is a sense of unhappiness inside so there is this viraha and milan now there 
pride is coming in pride comes in when people say oh you have abandoned me that is egoism but the right approach is that something within me has put a veil so it proceeds like that and there are three main processes if we want to use the word processes for the yoga bhakti doshirbindo says you can't use them as a mechanical process because love is love you can't put it in a bracket or strictly this method or that method so still what are the processes in in typical bhakti sutras we'll see uh, shravan manan nididhyasa so what is shravan hearing the names of the lord and his qualities that was the great importance of lalita sahasranam vishnu sahasranam aditya's varnam and then of course ram so these names are the exploits of sri krishna people don't understand they are still analyzing myth legend <laughs> but you know when you read you love krishna that at the end of the day it doesn't matter whether the stories are real unreal all that is not important when you start loving krishna then this is not really so important because you have begun to love shri krishna the krishna who is beyond the scriptures the krishna whose historicity is no more important for you so hearing the name of the lord hearing about the lord and this is the answer to some some people say that you know um why for instance we have some of these talks one of the reasons is this it is not because one even mystically believes that you can help anyone or anything for the joy of sharing the joy of the lord joy of sharing the joy of the lord so when we live in that atmosphere the bhakta naturally seeks the atmosphere of the devotees so to hear the names of the divine that is the power of satsang to read the names of the divine so that is all shravan and then there is manan when you start meditating upon the qualities of the divine oh he is all compassionate what really is this compassion oh he is all love what kind of love is this so when we begin to meditate upon his qualities his attributes like when we read the life of sherbindo and we see some of those uh, wonderful things about his life his compassion mother's gratitude yesterday 29th march or day before yesterday you know the person who showed her the way to shirvindo's uh, house all her every time this man who was otherwise an uncouth person had this special favor in her eyes so what it means to be grateful to the divine so all this comes as we begin to meditate upon the qualities of the divine so we have those 12 qualities when we meditate upon them because they are divine qualities so we have shravan and manan then there is nididhyasa so nididhyasan means now the consciousness is slowly getting fixed upon the divine it takes the stand asan dhyasan so there is a constant thinking of the divine the thoughts are occupied by the divine everywhere you begin to find something of the divine now when that stage happens then we are on the royal road to the divine and uh, we are closing on on to the divine personality so divine personality divine is not just the gyan yogi speaks of divine largely as an impersonal universality as a transcendent self cosmic self all that is fine the self doesn't allow a foothold <laughs> to this self which is living here 
so generally the yoga of knowledge takes us to that aspect of the divine which is purely a vast impersonal universality we can use the word to an extent sat purush at the most it take you to that self which is the sat existent self existent reality ek what is that called ekamevadyutyam one without a second so that is where the yoga of knowledge takes us great realization no doubt sat purush doesn't relate with you nothing to his absolute transcendent you can merge into him lose yourself into him then when we take the yoga of works then as consciousness and force chit aspect because consciousness is the knowledge and force chit involves both the power that is operating in the world so we begin to get um you know open to and the re- the realization is of the divine as the conscious power which is working in this universe so sat and chit but what is missing love takes us to anand brahman the divine is ananda and uh, obviously if you look at this world all it seeking after pleasure this maya mo why because the original ananda is missing so when we take the path of love as ananda grows automatically these things drop away we don't have to struggle so much because by the very fact and our nature begins to get molded in the nature of the divine because such is the power of love whomever we love we begin to grow in the likeness of the person whom we love and then finally there is the mystery of love so we'll just read a few things from shubindo's writings it's my favorite <laughs> chapters <laughs> so what really in in this integral yoga but even before that we can relate with him as a teacher as a guide as someone who protects us or in pain and suffering for deliverance so all these the relation of fatherhood is always less close intense passionate intimate and therefore it is less resorted to in the yoga which seeks for the closest union which we all know our father thou art in heaven dur se you know you can't just fathers are always like approach to the mama when you want some favor yes when you are in real difficulty you know that my dad will take care of me <laughs> otherwise father is a little bit distant that of the divine friend is a thing sweeter and more intimate admits of an equality and intimacy even in inequality he is much bigger than he comes like us how the mother would play games shubhendra himself would those banter those sweet little humorous asides as if he is an equal so this comes when we deal with him as a friend and the beginning of mutual self giving at its closest when all idea of other giving and taking disappears when this relation becomes motiveless except for the one soul all sufficing motive of love so that's what the other day uh, someone was asking about love and i said see love is sufficient into itself it needs nothing else what you want what you will give some people think when they are when they go and um, to shirbindo's room now of course they have closed so we have to open the inner room only or <laughs> or to the samadhi what should be the state just love love is sufficient 
That's all that is required. It turns into the free and happy relation of the playmate in the leela of existence. And it becomes very funny. Like Narad, he wanted to get married to somebody. And Hari said, okay. And then he is mocked by everybody. Because he has turned his face into a monkey's. And then that's the time he curses him that one day monkeys only will save you. <laughs> but I don't know whether Narad would do that. Frankly speaking, if you love him, all of us go through this experience. You desire something and it is not given to you. But you are given something which you really need. And then you sweetly smile with the corner. Okay, okay, I know <laughs> your play. Because he's a playmate. He's playing with us and it's so nice. It's so wonderful. And you see that joy in the Leela. But closer and more intimate still is the relation of the mother and the child. And that therefore plays a very large part wherever the religious impulse is most richly fervent and springs most warmly from the heart of man. So you see in India, I think India is the only place which has um, you know, kept all the different types of strands of spiritual life. But the worship of the Divine Mother is something very uniquely Indian. It was there in other civilizations, but it's lost. God is always either a father or is an impersonal someone. And they don't know what they are missing. So here is, the soul goes to the mother's soul in all its desires and troubles. This answers that question that, you know, should we ask mother for this? So my answer is, whom else you will ask? If you have to ask, you ask her. Otherwise, don't ask, leave it to her. But if you have to ask, where else you will ask? Whom else? And the beauty is, it's not about, again, whether it's fulfilled or not. The beauty is, forms a bond, a relation from our side also. And the Divine Mother wishes it to be so. Because of the self-existent nature. So that she may pour out her heart of love. That's what the Divine Mother wants. But the highest and the greatest relation is that which starts from none of the ordinary religious motives. But is rather of the very essence of yoga. Springs from the very nature of love itself. It is the passion of the lover and the beloved. So this lover and beloved means that whatever it be. You see what is meant by beloved. Ultimately, that's the only thing you really value. Everything else is there. But if it were taken away, if you have a choice, beloved I want. Forget about other things. So he says, so what is the nature of this love? Wherever there is the desire of the soul for its utter union with God, this form of the divine yearning makes its way even into religions which seem to do without it and give it no place in their ordinary system. Here the one thing asked for is love. The one thing feared is the loss of love. The one sorrow is the sorrow of separation of love. For, for all other things either do not exist for the lover or come in only as incidents or as results and not as objects or conditions of love. So these are, and of course, discipleship to God, the teacher. Um, then of course, God is master whom you want to serve. All these relations, manifold, which we connect with the world, should be with the divine. That is the yoga bhakti. And then, 
he speaks about the integral yoga so there is a little different difference because uh, this is a integral yoga so he comes to the way of the integral yoga of bhakti will be to universalize this conception of the deity so in traditional bhakti it is mother and shurabindo none else nothing else beautiful but it becomes still narrow unless we start seeing the mother and shurabindo in everyone and everything essentially universalization means that so one is where i keep a closed door compartment and the other is where there is a wide embrace of creation because it is mother and shurabindos you want to serve the world not because you have any illusion about helping or anything but because you see that he is laboring here so why won't you labor often i used to say this that you know if he has entered into the sewer and is cleansing the sewer supposing you see the divine whom we love that he is cleansing the sewer will you suddenly walk away with the stench and say this is your job when it is done when you have put the perfume then you call me till then i will relax in your garden of colonnade with all the perfume won't say that if you really love you will plunge into it and says lord please let me dirty my hands this what you will say you won't even wait to wear the gloves and you know you you don't have this thought that you will take care but you know that you will take care though even it's not done with that idea to fall in the way of love of god loving god in all things and everywhere is a you know that story where praveen shoots an arrow against arjuna when the ashwamedh yagya is taking place after the war is over but arjun can't do anything to praveen never heard of this name also so he says mother what has happened i am the one who showed the dust to all these great warriors who is this young fellow and i can't do anything to him he says you know the secret is constantly in remembrance of me you can't defeat him he says so what do i do because this is ashwamedh you only have asked us to do this yagya so what is the way he says well i'll tell you the way because this has to be done so he tells him the way that when you shoot the arrow now you think of me and i invoke me at the spear point so he prays invokes him at the spear point so as arjun shoots the arrow praveen sees and because he is a krishna bhakta he realizes this nanel but krishna he bows down and happily lays his life and of course he is merged into krishna so that is the kind of bhakti that can go where one cares for nothing except the lover and the loved so here he says and what was he doing he was doing his duty initially he tells his mother and his mother says see it is evident that where there is arjuna there is krishna there is no way you stand a chance or anybody stands a chance yet it's given to you to protect the kingdom so you do your bit so with that idea he offers everything to krishna and goes on one side is krishna himself on the other side is a heart given to krishna you see the difference so many such stories of course we know so what is the way of integral yoga universalize this conception of the deity 
to personalize him intimately by a multiple and all embracing relation to make him constantly present to all the being and to devote give up surrender the whole being to him so that he shall dwell near to us and in us and we with him and in him so he is suddenly telling us not only in the temple doors inside the sanctum sanctorum he says to ex- to exclude humanity and embrace god is to give him a intense but narrow embrace but everywhere even on the battlefield one has to see him manan and darshan a constant thinking of him in all things and seeing of him always and everywhere is essential to this way of devotion now he is giving us further and this is the experience with which shurabindo's yoga took that grand trunk road when we look on the things of physical nature in them we have to see the divine object of our love krishna is here krishna is there krishna in the camera krishna on the table that's what is meant by saying mad bhava mad gata be full of krishna full of the divine mother in all these things this is a practice when we look upon men and beings we have to see him in them and our relation with them to see that we are entering into relations with forms of him so when he goes shobindra is meditating below in motilal roy's house and suddenly his wife comes half nude and with that jhadu and suddenly he sees lamps of light going and what does shobindra says or krishna or kali sakshat hoye gelo she has appeared before me so everywhere in everything to see aspects and forms of the divine mother when breaking beyond the limitations of the material world we know or have relations with the beings of other planes still the same thought and vision has to be made real to our minds hanuman ji give me bhakti and seva for the divine mother he'll be very happy lord rama give me that shorya that courage that strength that's love he is you know known as harmony love for harmony that capacity to live by the dharma so that i can serve the divine mother better and better so everywhere lord ganesha the way you have loved her may i love you like that so in every way everywhere the normal habit of our minds which are open only to the material and apparent form and the ordinary mutilated relation and ignore the secret godhead within has to yield by an unceasing habit this is the practice because normally we are taken by the form unceasing habit of all embracing love and delight to this deeper and ampler comprehension and this greater relation Now the only catch here is that why in, in vaishnava this concept is there but it changes into all lust because when we are not pure and we begin to embrace it's like you know i had somebody and people had got him to me i said what is the problem he said i look at a tree and i want to embrace i want to hug everyone i said see tree is okay 
wall is okay up till a man it's okay but don't try doing this to a woman because you know you are in that state of love but suddenly who knows that something else will be triggered in her or in you so it requires a tremendous purity but there comes a time when it doesn't matter because you are living in that state of consciousness where more and more you are seeing everyone an aspect of form of the divine so enlarging our spiritual embrace we reach a point in which all is he and the delight of this consciousness becomes to us our normal uninterrupted way of looking at the world this brings ananda that brings us the outward or objective universality of our union with him not only within my heart not only within all hearts but in all forms in every aspect of creation inwardly the image of the beloved has to become visible to the eye within dwelling in us as in his mansion so it becomes his temple his his home so whenever we have to go to him go inside and do this pranam <laughs> so nice so sweet shortcut any time any anywhere informing our hearts with the sweetness of his presence the sign of the bhakta is sweetness madhuram madhuram he can't help it poor fellow so because otherwise oh bhakti but see how harsh people become how difficult they become but it the heart of the bhakta is automatically molded in his sweetness presiding over all our activities of mind and life as the friend master and lover from the summit of our being uniting us from above and himself in a universe so then he says this is important this communion is not to be confined to an exceptional nearness and adoration when we retire quiet into ourselves away from our normal preoccupations so you know when i had come earlier this uh, obviously the first thing you feel is oh you want to do sivadha samadhi you don't want to do anything else i even wanted to live in golkund and then somebody told me something very interesting and another thought also came to me so what i was told was something very interesting you are a doctor you are here to serve the mother you can't be in golkund because phones are not allowed i said that is true i'll have to sacrifice this and the second was that well what i felt like a voice within that everybody wants to do this to go to the samadhi and decorate the flowers which is beautiful but for you this whole world is the samadhi and fill it with flowers so i said okay this is at least for my path it's very clear whatever be the path of everybody else so he says not just an exceptional nearness and adoration nor is it to be sought by a putting away of our human activities all our thoughts impulses feelings actions have to be referred to him for his sanction or disalliance i'm going to do this tell me tell me tell me come come please now the beauty is sometimes what happens when you do something which is at cross purpose it may happen but you have told him told him you please be around he will make sure not only he'll bring you out but bring you out greater wiser stronger this is the beauty of love if we cannot yet reach this point to be offered to him in our sacrifice of aspiration 
so that he may more and more descend into us and be present in them all and pervade them with all his will and power his light and knowledge his love and delight i don't know what you want of me anyways i am offering this to you so that this too becomes a means of strengthening widening intensifying my union with you and that's why in in love purification does not take place through the ethical sense it takes place through this idea i love him this is not worthy of you know i love him how can i engage in something which my lover and beloved may not like and i have to you know that shri ramakrishna story where he told girish ghosh you are drinking you are doing this doesn't matter but keep offering to me after one week he says what kind of a teaching you have given me how can i do all this and offer to you <laughs> but this is how love proceeds so to in all happenings we have to come to see the dealings with us of the divine lover no complain no grudges and not that inside we are fuming and saying oh we are not supposed to complain but why did you do this ye kya kiya re duniya wale jahan ke gham then you say ki whatever you have done you know best i am so happy because you trust him completely and absolutely and take such pleasure in them that even grief and suffering and physical pain become his gifts and turn to delight and disappear finally into delight slain by the sense of the divine contact so often people ask this question which is very difficult to reply to somebody who has even a little bit of love for the divine mother how are you you are looking little thin is everything okay are you running this problem that problem hey let me think of mother why you want me to think of myself and then you keep offering to her and even pain suffering everything becomes a means because it it's making you think not that we should seek it but when it comes even this becomes a door to his delight look at it disappear finally even physical pain become his gifts and turn to delight and disappear finally into delight slain by the sense of the divine contact because the touch of his hands is the alchemist of a miraculous transformation some reject life because it is tainted with grief and pain but to the god lover grief and pain become means of meeting with him imprints of his pressure and finally cease as soon as our union with his nature becomes too complete for these masks of the universal delight at all to conceal it the change into the ananda and then of course he says that beautiful passage i must read this all the relations by which this union comes about become on this path intensely and blissfully personal that which in the end contains takes up or unifies them all is the relation of lover and beloved but he did speaks of now all the other relations he is the teacher and guide and leads us to knowledge at every step of the developing inner light and vision then we don't have to do separately a yoga of knowledge are you love him he is all knowledge he'll just transfer it like this attach a pipe here and a pipe there <laughs> direct download file uploading downloading we <laughs> love him after all those whom we love we begin to understand their thought how they must be thinking because you love so this is what is the teacher 
we feel his touch like that of the artist molding our clay of mind his voice revealing the truth and its word the thought he gives us to which we respond he fills the mind with the thoughts that must come the flashing of his spears of lightning which chase the darkness of our ignorance so he intuitive flashes that cleave the brain we cease to think and see for ourselves but think only what he wills to think for us that's why it becomes so difficult to think and you know in that usual way and sometimes i mean i must say what you are going to eat now this becomes such a burden what i am going to eat you know after if you ask three times what is it okay make so i have a standard format make puri aloo so that i save myself all this thought <laughs> no it's nice <laughs> always welcome <laughs> but okay whatever you get then it's okay and then the teacher is fulfilled in the lover he lays hands on all our mental being to embrace and possess to enjoy and use it this space becomes his you can't allow kachra and dirt and ill will and you know all bad thoughts and for this person how can you allow he has taken hold of this in fact it won't come because he has filled taken hold he starts from there he is the master but in this way of approach all distance and separation all awe and fear and mere obedience disappear because we become too close and unified with him for these things to endure and it is the lover of a being who takes it up and occupies and uses and does with it whatever he wills you know when somebody went to um, meet the mother before going to us and the mother gave him blessing packet and he was going to get then suddenly champaglal ji tells mother mother give him more so mother smile and said how much more <laughs> then she went into a trance and gave him a number of blessing packets the person himself was saying and you know the way his life flourish so you can say that you can say somebody mother i like him i am fond of him because to to your master you can say thoda inka bhi dekh lena <laughs> so please take care of him also you don't start should i should i not is it all this goes away because you know this is a relation of love so he says obedience is the sign of the servant but that is the lowest of this relation dasya afterwards we do not obey but move to his will as the string replies to the finger of the musician to be the instrument is the higher stage of self surrender and submission but this is the living and loving instrument and it ends in the whole nature of a being becoming the slave of god rejoicing in his position and its own blissful subjection to the divine grasp and mastery he is the friend the advisor the helper savior in trouble and dis- distress the defender from enemies but that relation has to be forced suddenly oh somebody has done this to me and it's a relation i have seen i'll give an example long back 14 15 years whatever uh, suddenly i had received a kind of threat from local mafias based on some the story is not important and i initially i went and asked some of these people who can give advice take a lawyer do this uh, oh they are very dangerous people even people who have lived here for 40 years 50 years they didn't tell me turn to the mother they told me that see 
they are very dangerous people and quoted me that scene from Godfather or somewhere. They chatkao your fingers, they break it and all this. I said, what a fool that I am asking all these people. I had gone to the Samadhi. This was because I came to know while I was with some people and I asked them. Oh, it's very dangerous. Maybe, you know, you have to pay this money. This, everything I heard. I went to the Samadhi and said, Mother, this is it. I, that time felt that suddenly everything has been arrested. The impression was it is stopped and for good. Now, I didn't know that this is a feeling. This is an intuitive sense, hopeful thinking, but I didn't question it. That was the end of the whole thing. How he defends? I mean, it's unimaginable. So, he, but this is the relation you have to forge. You can't just suddenly one day say, Oh, I'm in a distress, <laughs> defend me. He may help you in distress. But it's a service. When you serve him, he also takes care. Okay, imagine even human people, uh, good human people, noble beings, look at Ram. How he takes care of all who have taken care of him. Jatayu, he even goes to give it. Ah, when the divine comes as Shurabindra and the mother, what they are going to do? Defense, defender from enemies. The hero fights our battles. But you have to also say, whenever there is a battle, you fight from the side of the divine and not that this is administration, this is the um, you know higher people. They are the ones, ultimately I have to go to them. There was a uh, thing here and somebody asked one, do you think Shubhinder needs um, uh, your defense? I said, no, who is fool enough to think like that? I said, but it's such a joy. <laughs> you don't know? How dare somebody say something to Shurabinda and I am going to just sit quiet? I say, it's not that Shurabinda needs me. That thought doesn't come to me. So, I gave the example of Nalneel. I said, did Rama need Nalneel? Did Krishna need even Arjuna? But it's the joy that, well, you dare not. That joy when you participate, it's a mutual thing. And not that, oh, if I do this, harm may come to me, somebody else may do this to me, my name will be spoiled, they will drag me here and there, it doesn't matter. It's an urge. And the mother has spoken about it when somebody had written a book on Shurabindo or some article which was in bad taste. And Amal Kiran felt after reading it that there was a fire burning here like a sharp tongue, like a sword. And he wrote to mother, what is happening to me? She said, this is because of your love for the divine. It's the sword of Kali. And it will continue to act till that is destroyed. She said, this is perfectly fine. But yes, when you calculate with the mind, it cannot be. Oh, does he need, he's all, why should I do anything? Imagine Arjuna saying, Krishna, you have the Kaumudi Gada and you have the Sudarshan Chakra. Let me take sannyas and do Bhajgovindam, Bhajgovindam. <laughs> so this is, but this is Bhakti where, you know, the hero fights our battles and under whose shield we fight? The charioteer, the pilot of our ways. And here we come at once to a closer intimacy. He is the comrade and eternal companion. The playmate of the game of living. But still there is so far a certain division. However pleasant. And friendship is too much limited by the appearance of beneficence. The lover can wound, abandon, be wroth with us. Seem to betray Yet our love endures, even grows by these oppositions. That's why he drives us to weeping and lures us again. <laughs> they increase the joy of reunion and the joy of possession. Most people don't know how to love. So at the first kind of sense of either betrayal or something, no, 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 they go away. 
If they know how to love, they will see that every time you get back, there is a greater joy. It is true even in human love. How much more it will be true in the love of the divine? Through them, the lover remains the friend and all that he does, we find in the end, has been done by the lover and helper of our being for our soul's perfection as well as for his joy in us. That's what bhakti means, bhaj, to take joy. These contradictions lead to a greater intimacy he is the father and mother. He is the child born to a desire whom we cherish and rear. All these things the lover takes up. His love in its intimacy and oneness keeps in it the paternal and maternal care and lends itself to our demands upon it. See this idea, all is unified in the deepest many-sided relation. This idea that mind creates frames. This is mother, this is father, this is brother, this is sister. This is uh, wife, this is husband, this is lover. It's actually not true. In any relation, you are seeking everything, including a counselor and mentor. People don't realize that these frames in the ultimate sense of love. So the divine takes up all of this. The growing love of God must carry with it in him an expansion of the knowledge of God and the action of the divine will in his nature and living. And then, he says that even when we throw up all the passions of the heart against him, till they are purified into a soul ecstasy of bliss and oneness. He may say, in the beginning of course, what is this? Why did you do this to me? Why did you let this happen to me? It doesn't matter. He receives them and changes them. But that too is no monotony. It is not possible for the tongue of human speech to tell all the utter unity and all the eternal variety of the ananda of divine love. What does it lead to? For the one, but for love, complete union is mukti. Liberation has to it no other sense. And it includes all kinds of mukti together. Nor are they in the end, as some would have it, merely successive to each other and therefore mutually exclusive. All the different kinds of liberation the lover grants are He is the master, lord of the world. <laughs> Whatever he wants to grant, he can grant. So what all he can grant? We have the absolute union of the divine with the human spirit. Sayujya. In that reveals itself a content of all that depends here upon difference. But there the difference is only a form of oneness. Ananda too of nearness and contact and mutual presence. Samipya, Salokya, Sananda, Ananda of mutual reflection, the thing that we call likeness, Sadrishya and other wonderful things to do for which language has yet no name. So Sayuj is union. So what happens after that? For the joy of it there is that separation. So there comes a stage when Hanuman and Rama are not too different. They are one. But then for the joy, Hanuman, Rama becomes Hanuman. And that's why he says, where has Rama gone? When, you know, they say that Rama is gone. Everybody is weeping. He says, what kind of fool you are? Where is Rama gone? See, he dwells within my heart. And as the story goes, when Rama is giving to everybody necklace of pearls, think this, that, he just throws away the necklace of pearl. He starts not, he doesn't throw away, he starts plucking a bead, and throwing it away. And they say, what are you doing? He said, I am trying to see whether I can see him in each of these. So, they say, oh, you mean you have reached to that extent? He says, no, but I know that he dwells within my heart. And I know that. 
and that is the time that famous image where he opens his heart and shows that all the time Rama and Sita dwell within. So he says all these terms, Sayujya, Salokya, Samipya, Sanidya, Sadrishya, all these and much more of which the human tongue cannot utter. And then he ends up, there is nothing which is beyond the reach of the God lover or denied to him. Last sentence of this entire chapters on the yoga of divine love. There is nothing which is beyond the reach of the God lover or denied to him. For he is the favorite of the divine lover and the self of the beloved. So if you ask God, where is your self? He will say, see the bhakta. Just imagine. He is the self of the beloved. The bhakta becomes the self of the beloved. He begins to dwell constantly in the heart of the Divine Mother.